Testing, testing, hot outbound car. One, two, three, four. You want to hear? Are you ready? Make the approach. Plant your feet firmly in the ground. Head down. Eyes on the ball. Relax. That's it. Get your left arm straight. Your right arm straight. Relax. Lower your right shoulder. Go! The Honeymooners Podcast, the only podcast that is all about the greatest show of all time, with the stars, Joe Conti and Louis Fats. Welcome, fellow raccoons and members of the Women's Auxiliary. What's happening to all you Hurricanes, Bensonhurst Bombers, and all you Jane Frizzies of the world? You're listening to the Honeymooner Podcast with me, Joe Conti. And my pal, Louie Fats. Get a load of Mrs. Vanderbilt. <laughs> and the only discussion-based podcast about nothing but the greatest show of all time. We record, normally, in the non-productive studios in Clifton, New Jersey. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're on iTunes, give us a five-star rating and leave a positive review. Our home base is the non-productive studio, which is non-productive.com slash honeymooners. And uh, don't forget to like our Honeymooners podcast Facebook page. What's happening, Louie? Hey, Joe, um, last week it wasn't bad. I was Whoa. I was kind of impressed. I thought it was going to be worse. I thought yeah. it was going to sound real tinny and, you know, like that. But it was actually not that bad. Yes, and I was surprised because, you know, a few of the, the, the regular listeners were like, hey, we thought it was uh, great. And I said, hey, you know what, it's like. You know, it's like your sister saying that you look handsome. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, well, thanks. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, I don't, I don't really buy that. You know, but when I went back and listened, I was surprised on how well, at least technically, it sounded. You know, yeah. and plus, I thought it was a good show. No, it was a great show. It was a great. I, I always, I even said to you, I said, man, I wish, I wish we had done this in the studio. I think it would have came across a little better. But for what you know, what we're dealing with here, I thought it was pretty. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. I'm yeah, satisfied. That was, that, that was so and actually, we're recording right now with the same, um, this you know, the same uh, whatever uh, website or whatever you want to call yeah. it. But we're actually using a camera, so we're able to yeah. actually see each other. So hopefully, that'll help us out even more with yeah. episode number thirty-four. Four. That's right. Yes, thirty-four. Uh, Joe, listen. It'll be um. Uh, well, we, when you came in with your intro and you did, and you said all the Jane Frizzies of the world. Yes, I'm, I'm running yeah. out of characters. I'm now I'm doing yeah. not even tertiary characters. I'm using <laughs> characters that were uh, in a in a, a TV guide. In a, well, the funny part about here's I gotta explain to everybody what happened with this Jane Frizzy. Now, I'm a big fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. So now it's back on the air in our area in the New York area on Z Living. Television, Saturday night, nine o'clock, whatever it is. So I put it on, and here it pops up on the screen the credits of the opening credits of the movie. And who's in it? Jane Frizzy. <laughs> so, of course, I got to take a picture off the TV of it, send it to Joe. <laughs> I've never in my life have seen Jane Frizzy in anything. <laughs> I know. And that's what gave me the idea because I'm sitting there before, I'm like, ah, oh, who should I use? Herbert J. Wyside, I use that. And all of a sudden, I remembered the picture you sent me. I'm like, Jane Frizzee. <laughs> totally give that to Lou that we did the Jane Frizzee in the intro. 
Now, what, what like, uh, I know it's it's off topic, but did you actually watch the whole thing of the- Yes, uh, I did. Oh, yes, I did. Excellent movie. <laughs> and what was the movie called, just for the listeners? Something you know? to do with a horse. I forgot what it was called. It was If it's on Mystery Science Theater 3000, you know it's an awful movie. <laughs> it was an awful movie. <laughs> That's great, though. I a black it. and white Western from way back. Um, is that what it is? It's a Western. It horrible. Yeah. It was a Western. It was oh, a Western. Yes, it was a Western. Yeah. I always tell people I don't like Westerns. I said the only Western I ever liked was Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. <laughs> <laughs> I told people I don't even watch uh, Back to the Future Part 3 because it's a Western. Yeah, there you go. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But um, listen, episode 34. And what's nice is that, uh, like we said on last week, we can do this a little bit more often. Yeah. So even if the show is a little shorter, you know, what's to say we do two a week? Who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah, just yeah, get it out. Doing it where, hey, are you available? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm a retired <laughs> guy and a guy who works four hours a day. Uh, I think yeah, we are available. <laughs> We're available even more so than everybody else is available. So Yes, um, yes. So uh, now what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with um, – with my, uh, actually, it was one of my little observations. I think we could start with that. I would, um, I would like that. I think the okay. observation is pretty good. It's a good one. It's a good one. Okay, it's different. Uh, okay, so our observation um, is from Dial J for janitor, and it's after Ralph does the two pounds of bologna in a one pound bag, and uh, he tells Mister Johnson that he's not going to be janitor anymore. And we'll play the clip. Here we go. A little bit of trouble in the cellar this morning. Well, I don't want I don't want to say anything about it. It's mere bag of shells. I don't know why everybody's making such a fuss about it. And it wasn't my fault in the first place. Uh, by the way, I'm glad you've come up here, Mr. Johnson, because I have some bad news for you. Unfortunately, I'll have to give up my job as janitor here. Not because I'm incapable, but only because it makes... A few demands on my leisure time that I can't afford. I see. However, I don't want you to be panicky because until you get another janitor, I'll keep on at the job taking care of everything. Uh, don't do that. Uh, I mean, it's very nice of you to be so thoughtful, but as a matter of fact, I've already found another janitor. and In fact, he's already on the job. That, Mr. Johnson, is pretty sneaky. <laughs> I hope whoever you got is on the ball, a guy that doesn't goof. Because there's plenty of things in this apartment that need attention. That window needs to be fixed. That sink needs to be fixed. It leaks all the time. I'm glad you brought it up. That janitor's on the floor right now. In fact, I'll send him right. Thank you very much, Mr. Johnson. Okay. Now, and then we all know the janitor is... Um, Norton. Norton. Yes, obviously. <laughs> So, um, here's the observation, and I don't know. Did I lose you uh, with the camera? No, I'm here. You see me? I'm here. Okay. Here's the observation. <laughs> he was a janitor for I don't know. Let's say a week. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we're not sure. Short period of time. It was a short period of time. Yeah, a short period of time. Maybe a week. Yeah. Um, but uh, why is it that? In that week that he was janitor, he could get one thing done in his own apartment. Yeah, really. If your sink is leaking, <laughs> maybe the first thing you took care of. 
Isn't that the first thing you should have taken care of? The sink, maybe? What kind of an awful... I mean, truly an awful janitor. He yeah. wouldn't even fix his own place. His own, his own place up. That would have been the first thing I would have done. I would have taken care of my own place. Yeah, exactly. Hey, listen, you know, I'm getting $150. I'm getting 150 bucks a week. Yep. Rent free. Rent free. Which was, you know, the reasoning for his whole uh, idea of doing it. Oh, and yeah. Get one thing done. One, one thing done. <laughs> yeah. So that was my uh, my observation. What? Yeah. It, it, he was even a worse janitor than we could have imagined. Imagine. The Joe. Now think about that episode. It's a good episode. I like it. Um, yes. We're gonna. We have a future show planned, and we have a couple of things planned for the future. I guess when we get back into the studio, we can do different things. Um, we have we have a whole show planned on three twenty eight Chauncey. And it's going to be all about the building. And there's a couple of things in here that we didn't say right now because we're saving them for that episode. Okay. And we're going to tie it all in. We're going yeah. to tie it all in money wise. Cause you know how they are. We always talk about them and money and, and the amounts are all, all like really wacky and far off. So we're right. going to tie all that in on one episode on 328 but we're going to hold that for the studio. Yes, Absolutely. And I know one of you know one of the, the 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 angles that you're going with, and I don't even want it to be said because I don't want anybody taking our idea oh, yeah. and throwing it in a, in a honeymooners group page in Facebook, which they have done. <laughs> <laughs> but now uh, the second thing that we wanted to do was now we live in the new we live in New Jersey, so we were in the New York um, uh, market. And WPIX uh, Channel 11 is the classic uh, TV station that I think most New Yorkers know as the one where, you know, that's where they play the marathon every year. It's been a staple of the honeymooners at like 11 o'clock at night. You used to say it was the greatest hour of television. You would have the odd couple from 11, 1130, and then from 1130 to 12, the honeymooners. Yes. Yes, and they also played the Yule Log during Christmas. Yeah, which yeah, which was really cool. They played the Yule Log, you know, with just uh, Christmas music, you know, great Christmas music. And, and you're staring at your television, look at watching this log burn. I know, I know. They should have just had paint drying. It would have been the same thing. Oh God! So, uh, now what I do because I don't have the. Um, the episodes on like DVD or anything like that. What I do is I just um, put in my DVR anytime a Honeymooners episode comes on, just record it. And sometimes like just I would come home and I would just play an episode not knowing what it was. You know, it's almost like, look, you can listen, you know, like if you know your favorite group and every song, instead of listening to the album, maybe just go with Alexa and say, play uh, a mix of all this one band and you get surprised right. you know you're like oh i'm hearing this and then hearing that right. well one thing i noticed about the uh, uh our cable company is uh now everybody knows when you record something it'll have the title the name of the episode and a description well i don't know who is making the description <laughs> of the shows in the new york area but um this episode, I am just going to read you, Lou, and read all the and read the audience the description of this episode. One of the 39, all right? And here's the description. 
Ralph learns that politics makes for a strange bedfellows and running for office has its ups and downs. And I'm like, what, what? the hell show are they talking about? <laughs> and is this a lost episode that I never seen? I know. Is this like a was this like a, a running for like councilman or what? <laughs> yeah, it was when Gleason was running for councilman. <laughs> Like, what the hell were they talking about? Oh, God. Now, as we're telling this, most of the listeners, you probably figure out what what the episode is, but it's a bizarre description of the one where he is running for convention manager. Yeah. What is that to do with it's, it's, it's like, is he actually running? Remember we discussed this, I think, once or twice. It's like, he is he do people run for that or just just vote for you know who you want to vote for. Well, they just kind of picked, it was like they were like, uh, "Who are we going to do it this year? Let's go with Cramden and McGillicuddy." McGillicuddy, okay. Yeah, they're they're both two idiots. We'll let those guys, you know. Cramden can't seem to keep a dollar in his pocket. And McGillicuddy, he's so bad they don't even have McGillicuddies anymore in the twentieth century. So yeah, Lucy was, was the last McGillicuddy. <laughs> yes, Lucy McGillicuddy, the only one I last one I remember. Well, you know, Joe, speaking of McGill, you know who else is a McGillicuddy? Now, this is the famous uh, Little Rascals episode, Teacher's Pet, I believe it's called. Okay. Where where um, old Miss Crabtree comes to school. The teacher she replaced name was Miss McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy, that's right. You remember that part? That's right. Yeah. Miss Crabtree with the apple. Yep. And they yep. all had a crush on Mrs. Crabtree. Yeah. yeah. And they all said, I hope she, when they didn't know who she was, remember? Because she was the new teacher, and they said, well, I hope she's as pretty as Miss McGillicuddy. <laughs> yes. So, you know, then she picks them up on the street. They're walking to school, and she puts them in the car, and they're talking about Miss McGillicuddy. Right. That's I, another McGillicuddy. That's think, three. That's three I know I'm of. Guessing, I think Miss McGillicuddy looked like Mrs. Manicotti. I don't think. Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, Mrs. Crabtree was definitely the prettier uh, teacher. Miss <laughs> McGillicuddy. But yeah, so I'm gonna have a few. I already have a couple of these, so we'll we'll put them on on occasion on one of the on the episodes. But yeah, yeah. So the uh, campaign manager episode, convention manager was Ralph learns that politics makes for strange bedfellows, and running for office has its ups and downs. Ups and like downs. it was some intellectual millennial <laughs> who yeah. doesn't know anything about the show was <laughs> like, oh, he's running for convention manager. <laughs> well, it must be about politics. Wait, 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 let me see where, where they stand on this. <laughs> well, like, hopefully they uh, they're all uh, good with the uh, with their different positions on uh, global warming. It's like warming. What are talking about? <laughs> it was about convention manager for basically a a, 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 a hall. You know, no, not only that, put the word. Strange bedfellows. Where the heck did that come from? You know, I mean, I'm, I when I first saw this dude, I thought my DVR recorded the wrong show. Yeah. I really, <laughs> so I'm thinking about that for a second. Strange bedfellows. Who are they talking about? Norton, Joe yeah. Runzi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the strange bedfellow? I know it's so weird. They could, could it couldn't be McGillicuddy, right? No, 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 no. Either that's Norton. Op, that's the opposition, right? It's got to be either Norton or Joe Rumsey. Rumsey. <laughs> Learn. He learns. What did Ralph learn? He learned nothing in that episode. 
<laughs> Ralph learns that politics makes for strange bedfellows. Just kissing the behind of their friend, getting them steaks and and <laughs> water and cigars because they wanted to be convention manager. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh boy. oh, boy. So that is our uh, little uh, weird description from my DVR in the New York, New Jersey area for WPIX New York. <laughs> Absolutely strange. Ah. So, um, how do you want to go? Do you want to do uh you told me you had a, a really good trivia. Oh, question. I got a good trivia question for you, John. I really got a good one. Okay. So. Okay. All right, ready? Okay. <laughs> Seeing that the uh today's motif <laughs> changed for Z. Oh boy. <laughs> figured, oh boy. <laughs> I figured the question should have involved Jane for Z. Oh boy, here we go. Okay, all right. It's a two-parter. First okay. part's easy, second part a little difficult. What's the name of the movie that they're supposedly in with Jane for Z? What's the movie? Um, uh, oh, it's um, it's something on ice. Uh, yes, you got to go. Keep on going. It's um. Oh, can you give me the first letter of the word? R R. The first letter is R. I can't think of it. Um, I'm drawing a blank. I can't think of it. Rhythm. Rhythm on ice. Yes. Rhythm on ice. Now, yeah. now Joe, I, I YouTube. I said, let me see if there is exact, actually a rhythm. There is no rhythm. There is a movie called Rhythm on Ice, but it's got nothing to do with what Ralph said. Oh, so it's not so the same. It was, a, it was a title of, yeah, it was a title of a movie, but it had nothing to do with the way Ralph, you know, was reading it in the paper. Like it's a movie with all these actors and actresses in. Okay. So now that brings us to, to the second part of the question. Oh, boy. All right. So we got this. There's five people supposedly in this movie. We already got Jane Frizzay. Okay. So can you name the other four? I now, can... before you before you start, you get, while you're thinking, I'll talk. The way Ralph is mentioning the names, the way he's reading them off, it's almost he's pausing. It's almost like he's making these names up as he's going along because they all the actors and actors have nothing to do with each other. They're like so bizarre that they came together in this one movie. So can you name anybody else besides Jane Frizzy? I think um I think it's Darrow. Okay. Was that one of them? That's what's his first name? Is it Bob? Bob? No. No. Frankie. Frankie Darrow. Okay, we're gonna give you Darrow because that was that's difficult. We'll give okay. we're gonna give you Darrow. Okay, so you're down to three. Um I the one I know, it's Buddy Epson. Buddy Epson, Jed Clampett. Yep, Buddy <laughs> Epson, uh Darrow, Jane Frizee, uh I can't think of the other two. Okay. Um if you know what I might get the I get might get the last one. All right, I'm we there's there's one that's kind of known, one guy, the other guy I, I never even heard of him. Um so I'm gonna give you that guy, being that that's the hard one. Kenny Baker. Kenny Baker, I wouldn't have remember Kenny Baker. Sounds like a football player. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Kenny Baker Kenny goes Baker. back. Kenny Baker on the tackle only <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Kenny okay, Baker. now the the remaining guy. I'm just giving you a hint. Okay, he had like these big, like googly eyes. 
Oh. Now he was a contemporary back in the forties and fifties, a comedy kind of a comedy actor. Oh, um, uh, no, I'm thinking of uh, Danny. Uh, uh, no, that's no, not it's one. not Danny. I'm thinking of Danny Kay. It's not Danny Kay. No, no not Danny Kay. No, I thought it was. Is it one of the, uh, the guy? Like I always get him confused with. Wait, Peter Laurie? No, but kind of. I know you. Peter Lorre had them big googly eyes. So did right. this guy too. But on a comedy side, Peter Lorre was more of a serious actor. Right, right. What's his name? I can't. Jerry Colonna. Who is it? Jerry Colonna. Jerry Colonna. I don't remember Kenny Baker. I don't. No, remember I, I, I have no idea who Kenny Baker is. I mean, right. I have no idea. I do remember him saying um, Colonna. Jerry. Wow. Colonna. And I love the way he's reading it because he's pausing in between. I'm saying, is he making this up as he's going along? I, I actually think he is. I think I he think is. My he, maybe in his own genius mind, he wanted, like you said, to take four or five of, at the time, yeah. people that you would never see. It, it would be like, yeah. um, in the movie, we have Sylvester Stallone, um, uh, Glenn Close. <laughs> Jim Carrey, uh, Meg Ryan, and uh, and Damon Wayans. And you yeah. like, is this a comedy? Is this a serious movie? Yeah, like, what is this? <laughs> my, that's a that's almost an observation within a trivia question. Yeah, yeah and it all came about because of James Frizzy. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful, man. Well, twenty-two, you know Joe Frizzy. I. I think that's the last name of the actress who plays Agnes. The the her her last name? Her last name. I believe it's her last name is Frizzy too. I have to look that up. I'm gonna go on IMDB and look that up. I should have did it before the show, but I don't yeah, I don't know because uh don't you think it would be like such a um a big thing that almost every DEFCON 3 person would know, like, as soon as they well, I I guess we all don't look at the names of the characters. Yeah, the characters, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that I'll, would, I'll look that up, though. I'll look that up. Definitely. Um, well, uh, listen, like, like we said, these these episodes are going to be a little bit shorter. Yeah. But we're still, we're, we're putting more out, and we appreciate uh, everybody for uh, supporting us, and uh, especially supporting us during this weird time, and hopefully everybody is doing their thing and, and uh, you know, staying safe and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, Joe, you want to mention the Brian Carney deal? Did we mention Brian Carney the last oh, time? We did not know no, because no. It, it was afterwards. It was, uh, came, I tried, it came after that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Brian Carney commented on our, um, actually the home page, non dash productive, yeah. which is our home base, which has a bunch of different shows on it. Brian Carney, the son of the great Art Carney, and, and Brian Carney is also an actor. He, out of nowhere, yeah, put a yeah. nice, uh, nice compliment on our uh, show, and uh, I wonder if I got the. Uh, I think I got a picture of it, and uh, let me see if I can just. Uh... Ah, here it is. This is Brian Carney. Nice going, guys. Always enjoy your banter, observations, and infectious laughter. I find myself smiling through the whole show. Keep it going, R. X. Yeah, the RX is the topper, Joe. RX. We got an RX from Brian. We got an RX from Brian Carney. 
So, uh, listen, I'm friends with, uh, you know, Brother Norton, and he's actually uh, friends with Brian. And he actually told me, he goes, dude, I'm thrilled that he's actually starting to listen to your show. And he told him about it a couple of times. So maybe, fingers crossed, one day we could get him yeah. once we're yeah. back in the studio. And maybe he'll call in. And uh, every video I see of him, and he's he's always so gracious and so nice. And think about it, man. If your old man was Art Carney, and you're like, you know, you're doing acting, you're doing commercials, mm -hmm. everybody is going to talk to you about your father. Father. I mean, you, you can't escape that. You just no. can't escape it. And, you know, and, he know, and he knows it. It seems like he handles it well because he probably just, you know, he's got to say, hey, this is the fact. I got to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. He's, this like, he's like 70 years old, I believe. Is he close to like 70 or something like that? I think he's born in 46. Oh, okay. All All right. Right. Yeah, because he said he was about 10 years old when he was actually there during right. the filming of the, the original. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah, so he's so, 10 years older than me. All right, 10 years older than me. Yeah. 73. So, okay. Yeah, he's probably 72, 73. He looks mm -hmm. great. And, uh, yeah. you know, I've seen him in, uh, you know, I've seen some of the commercials that he was in. And then also I YouTubed some of the commercials that he was in. He was yeah. in like a law firm commercial playing a lawyer. And uh, and he's a good actor. And uh, so he got that from his old man for sure. Now, John, did you see that? I, I believe it was Gary, our friend Gary, uh, put up a little uh, video on the on the on this on the page of him doing the signature thing. Yep, it's a, gr a great Gary. Good job, Gary. That would that was that was phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, and he did a great job of you know doing the uh, you know the pausing thing that his old man did so great and legendary. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, and he's doing the thing as he's as he's filling out his ballot, like of Norton filling out the ballot for McGillicuddy. Yeah, yeah, yes. With when he covers it up with the hand and the eraser. Oh, it's great. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. yeah. And you you got to give a guy credit to be able to uh listen, I think we always, you know, we always kind of tend to live in uh our parents' shadow. Could you imagine if your father was Art Carney? Carney? Yeah. Oh my god. Really? Yeah. You just have to get used to, hey, how are you? So what was it like? Yeah. <laughs> it's just what you're going to get all the yeah. time. I know. <laughs> so you got to give him credit for being yeah. such a great sport. Yep. And uh, I would love to, to talk to him. And that would be so awesome, you know. So hopefully we'll we'll uh, we'll keep that kind of uh, in our in our rearview mirror, so to speak. Yep. Or, you know, just uh, in the back burner. And that would be awesome because... Uh, we would love to chat with him, you know? That'd be great. Right, great. Okay, good. All good right. Good well, dude. listen, let's uh, let's let's get out of here. Uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, supporting us and uh, listening to the show. Share it with your friends. Um, number 34, in the books. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me and Louis Fats, I say we'll see you next time. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.